Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. Vince, do you like the Olympics? I love the Olympics, Tom. What Olympic event do you think you'd be the best at right now? Would I be the best at right now? Yeah, summer or winter, anything. Speed walking. Speed walking. Yeah. That's a good choice. I think I could do that well. I think I could figure out curling pretty quick. You know, you think that too. I would too. But did you know you've been curling, right? Yes. Yeah. Did you know that every single time we've been curling, we've been on like a third of the length of an actual <laughs> curling rink? I, I didn't know that. But um, when I join the Olympic team, I, I'll be on regulation You'll know. size. You'll know. You could say that someone's going to pass the torch my way. Yeah, and you could say that when you get that torch, I'm going to be green with envy. <laughs> oh, there we go. We got there, folks. Today we're drinking a beer called Green, green torch. torch. Not to be confused with the awful Ryan Reynolds movie, Green Lantern. Now, I did. I was unsure if you were going to bring this up. I thought that you might be disrespectful about it, and here you are. <laughs> oh, do you, are you a, a stand for the Green Lantern I'm movie? Sta- I'm a stand for Ryan Reynolds. The <laughs> we're man just gonna, can do no wrong. We're just going to pretend he didn't have bombs. Okay, that's fine. Um, that one was not his fault. <laughs> well, folks, uh, this is a familiar brewery. This is actually the fifth time we've been here. It's Half Acre Beer Company right here in Chicago. You probably remember episodes such as Bodum. Tome, Daisy Cutter, Lager Town, and now we're doing this beer, which, as far as I know, is a pretty unique category, right, Vince? It's also brand spanking new. Yeah, this actual beer um, just came out. It's been highly reviewed in the beer community and seldom drink amongst anybody I know. This is the first time for me. We're drinking a lime lager, basically a lager with lime, which. Leads me to believe it's going to have a little bit of a taste similar to some Mexican lagers. Maybe, yeah. Right? What's what's the description on this bad boy? Well, we're 4.5% alcohol there. And Green Torch is described as a big flow lime lager. Stone crisp, low bitterness, even balance, and lime for that big gulp, foam down your cheeks, beer drinking refreshment. Okay, well, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I'm sure you do, Tom. And I'll be 100% honest with you. I didn't think this was as unique as you did. Yeah, when we were talking about it, I was pretty thrown. Uh, the only lime beer that I have heard of is Bud Light Lime, which I haven't had since I was probably 19. Right, and I think part of what made me think, so what about a lime lager is the fact that so many of these Mexican beers are popped in with a lime. Yeah, because those are lagers with a lime, but this is a lime lager. I have also had a couple of goses with goses with lime and sea salt. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I'm wont to do, I dip my toe into the fruited beer section quite frequently. Yes, you are known for that. So yeah, I've had a few. So I was not shocked by this, but you were. You were like, this is unique. I was pretty shocked, but here's the thing. Half Acre has never let us down. They've made maybe my favorite beer of all time with Daisy Cutter. And, you know, I, I'm trusting them on this, even though on paper, this isn't something I would normally be jonesing for. 
You Which know? boggles my mind, given your proclivity for Mexican <laughs> lagers. Yeah, I know. And you uh, have not loved the Mexican lagers we've had on this show. So we're setting ourselves up for a reversal here, folks. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. I think we should just crack it and try. What's it. the crack clock? Uh, we're at four minutes now. All right, not too bad. All right, cheers, Vince. Cheers, Tom. By the way, I just realized you're wearing a lime green shirt right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't do that on purpose. No, I you? wish. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, dude. Okay. All right, now I'm getting a strong lime smell out of the gate. Yep. I don't I'm know if that, that makes too. me nervous or not. Well, okay, it depends, right? I can't remember Bud Light Lime. Did Bud Light Lime have this stank of lime, you know? <laughs> you know, my palate was so bad at the time, I don't even remember. Hmm. Okay. It's crisp. It's clean. It's refreshing. <laughs> I like it a lot. You know, um, that's that's interesting because I don't know how I feel after the first set. <laughs> yeah, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were interested I need in it. it. I need to eat, let it ease in, into me for a moment. Well, okay. So the best way that I can describe it is that it, it like, it almost... The beer takes the edge off the lime, and the lime takes the breadish out of the beer. If you know what I'm yeah, saying. That, yes, yeah. So, like, when you have your beer, standard, you, there's that kind of dry piece of it. And this juices it up a little bit with a little twang, a little sour to it, without overwhelming it. It's very nice. Yeah, you know, the way I thought of it at first was, like... I think maybe you got me so mentally hooked on Mexican lagers. Like, that was my first reaction. Like, wait a minute. Am I just having a Modelo with, with the lime? But right. No, what I'm what I'm realizing now after letting it settle is that this is kind of the best of both worlds. This is infusing the lime into it from the start actually gives it your desired effect without having to basically substitute in your own flavor. So I have an excellent parallel for this right off the bat okay yeah i and i always get this messed up so i'm hoping i get it right but it is a ryan reynolds film i believe it's just friends yeah that's the one with amy smart correct yes so the relationship this beer tastes like the relationship between ryan reynolds and his younger brother oh the guy who was in american pie yes there's like neither of them overwhelms the other they both keep each other in check and there is a very pleasant repartee between the two of them that makes the movie enjoyable throughout, regardless of what may be happening plot-wise. That's not where I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going to go with how in the beginning of the movie, Ryan Reynolds is like the fat, unattractive Oh, yeah, friend. because I thought this was going to be terrible. Yeah, and then <laughs> now he's like the hot, studly guy that you're into. Yeah. No, that that could work too, though. Yeah. A little Beauty and the Beast. Oh, oh yeah, but uh, an R-rated... Uh, is that movie R-rated, actually? I I'm don't know. I'm not sure. It was on Comedy Central a lot, so like... I'm the talent. I'm not supposed to know <laughs> things like that. What I was thinking about before this episode was just the the idea of like adding a lime into something, right? Like normally for the most part, when you're adding a lime, you're, you're trying to enhance it or give it like a certain uh, je ne sais quoi, if you will. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's right. And I started thinking about pop culture limes. So like who are Love some, that. who are some people that you don't want like all lime, but just adding a little bit of them makes it a lot better. 
So can I give you an example instead of somebody who is traditionally like a, oh, say like an orange, right? Yeah. Something that's like super flavorful all over there, really right. overwhelming. Right. But has a very beautiful lime roll. Sure. It is Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Ah, great answer. Because he's not overwhelming and you don't even really know it's him for a good well okay i didn't know it was him we've been over <laughs> well that. the first time you saw it right yeah, you were kind of like right. is that tom cruise but i'm sure that's cheating a little bit so as far as like a dabble do you and you don't yeah. need too much more i'm willing to go with vanessa bayer i think vanessa bayer is fantastic in small doses i think if she had to carry a movie i would be like enough is enough yeah, so I had a kind of a similar one on my list. Tony Hale, who played... Oh, yeah, that's who, a great So, one. Tony Hale, probably better known as Buster Bluth and um, Gary from Veep. Yeah. And his character in Veep is really the one I thought of first because essentially he is just a foil to um, Louis, Julie Louis-Dreyfus' character, the main character. Yeah. At the same time... If he wasn't part of the show, it would be a completely different show. That is true. And every time he's on screen doing something, he's hilarious. Same with his role in Arrested Development. Like Buster, I would say he's far from the most important character. But some of the most memorable moments in the show are Buster Bluth moments. So I, I think Tony Hale is, is a perfect analog for what I'm describing with this with this trend. But well, I got a few more if you want them too. Yeah, I do. But it's it's also tough to be a lime because to be a lime means that you thrive in that small role and you add to whatever product you're in. But it also means that you can never be the supernova star. So like a, a Chris Pratt would have probably been described as a lime until he blew up. Right, can't be a lime anymore. Exactly. Yeah, and and another guy on my list kind of struts that line, uh, Jake Johnson. Yeah, he's t- he is really because that line. Because Jake Johnson was part of an ensemble uh, with New Girl. I mean, I guess they were all main characters, but when you think about that show, you probably think of him like third, I would say. Yeah. Um, but what I was thinking more is what he does in movies, you know, like he was in that like run of franchise films where he was playing comic relief and then he did these indie films with Joe Swanson where he's kind of, but he was the big, uh, drinking buddies, Swanberg, that's right. He's like the big, but he's also, cause safety's not guaranteed is that guy too, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 And that's why like he might be too much to be a line, but there was a good stretch where I would say he was pretty limey. Does Mulaney count as a lime? I don't think so because his stand-up is completely on him. You know, that'd be like having a, a lime-only beer. So all stand-ups are out because Aziz Ansari would be a great lime if we're just talking about TV shows and movies, right? And right. that's another guy who, like, you get a little bit, wow, I have it. Yeah. Jean Ralphio. Oh, Yeah. Uh, ben, ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. That's a great line. Yeah. Lime. Lime. Perfect, perfect lime because he came in, he came out, and crushed it. You think about him all the time. I almost put um, 
Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashers on this list. Oh, yeah. But I honestly think that cameo is so enormous that it, like, feels like he was a huge part of that movie, even though he was on screen for maybe five minutes total. (laughs) And also, Will Ferrell's personality, like, the moment he's in a scene, you're not looking or thinking about anybody else, which is not a Lime characteristic. Right. Well, Brian Cranston was a lime for a huge percentage of his career. Here's the big question for you. Yeah. Where else in popular culture is Cranston? It's uh, a first name. As a first name? Yes. You're going to have to tell me. I don't. It's def- 30 Rock. And it's when <laughs> Kenneth cannot help uh, Tracy Jordan anymore. And so he goes, this isn't Kenneth. This is Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we take this out of the crayon and put it into, into the, the glass? glass. Yeah, yeah, glass. Okay, all right. All I almost right. said Glaston. So actually, uh, fan of the year hopeful Brian Brom had a question and a suggestion based on what we just did. Oh, okay. And his question for us was, do you always say, let's take this into the glass? Because... I would buy and wear a shirt with that. Oh, I think we have always done that. But that's what I said. I said, we always take it in the glass, but I don't know that we always say take it in the glass. I think we always do some sort <laughs> I, of... Fun. I don't know if I want to do the treacherous homework assignment of checking every no, I'm episode. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I would just say probably 95% of the time we've said Let's that. take it in the glass. <laughs> or usually it's try oh this. Oh my God, I just got that. Yeah. Okay. Try this out of the glass. Yeah. We just got tricked. I just got take it in the glass. God <laughs> damn it. All right. Well, while this is in our glasses, uh, this actually does look a hint of limey. Yeah, it's appetizing. This looks like it has a hint of lime in it. I think they did a nice job with that. Yeah, it's just as good out of the glass for me, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying this immensely, which I did not expect. Here's the thing about it. It's just very easygoing. You know, there's no bite on it at all. It's flavorful, but it's not, like, going to overwhelm your palate. Absolutely crushable. Right. So, yeah, this is the most crushable beer we've had in a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, you. I'm glad these are only 4.5% because I could throw quite a few back. Porch Pounder 2.0. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you mentioned Torch earlier. And Green Torch, Passing of the Torch. Right. What are some of the greatest Passing of the Torch moments in popular culture? And I would like to start with some some sports ones. Yes. Okay. Well, in sports, you have obviously like Joe Montana to Steve Young. Right. That was pretty symbolic. Bread, I hate to say it, but Bledsoe to Brady. That was pretty significant. That's more like... That's more <laughs> like... Uh, who is that? Is that uh, Prometheus? That's like Prometheus right there. He... He jacked that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, somebody's seen Oppenheimer. He stole that bad yeah. boy. Yeah, I have. I saw Barbenheimer, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in sports, inherently, that's that happens a lot more because, like, every year you're literally passing the championship on to, like, another team. I was thinking more from a cultural perspective, something like Men in Black, where you've got Tommy Lee Jones recruiting Will Smith. Into the fold. Ooh, okay. And then Will Smith is kind of also announcing himself as like the biggest movie star 
in the world. Not that Tommy Lee Jones was that, but like I feel like from Independence Day through Men in Black, that was pretty much Will Smith being like, I can make anything fucking work just with my charisma. Do you know what's kind of crazy? Is I think that Tommy Lee Jones might be just like an oversized lime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. He, I know he's been the star, right. but even when he's the star, he doesn't seem like the star. Yeah, he's just kind of like chilling. Yeah. Always chilling. I, especially, I just watched No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Super limey in that. Film. Absolutely. Uh, another one I had, which is an all time classic as well, The Godfather. Yeah, you know that's a good one, and that that had a dual meaning because didn't want to take the torch, finally did. Right, that had a dual meaning because Marlon Brando was like the actor of that era, and then Al Pacino kind of stepped in and was like, "I'm the new guy now." Whoa, <laughs> I'm gonna have a baby at 82. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! What are some? Uh, torch passing moments that you can think of yeah so my my big torch passing moment for me is one that actually i don't think ever rightfully happened and i think it is a (laughs) i think it's a jordan passing the torch to anybody michael jordan i don't think he ever did but I think the torch got passed down. Now the question is, who did it get passed to? And this is the Benoit Blanc, Blanc mystery. Did it get passed to Kobe? I don't think so. Well, this has been like sort of the legacy of the entire NBA. Um, like Sam Smith wrote a book called There Is No Next. Basically like there's no next Michael Jordan. Yeah. Le- I mean, LeBron's been the closest thing to Jordan. And that's what I think. I think it has to be LeBron. But... Yeah. Like LeBron was so, he was so different in that like he just came up with all this hype. Yeah. Right. And I feel like what's weird about Jordan is that we've built this legend around him like there was no hype and he came out of nowhere. He was the number three overall pick. Sure, he was, but there was no one thought he had this in him. What do you mean no one thought he had this in him? The, I don't think anybody in 1984 it. thought this guy could be the greatest player that's ever lived. You don't think so? No, I definitely don't. Why? Because he was a, you know, he was a successful college basketball player and a a top 3 pick, but he wasn't even the most well-known UNC player of that era. Like he was, you know, a role player on that North Carolina team. But you have to remember that freshmen were only allowed to play varsity, like, what, maybe in the last 10 years before that? You're talking about in college? Yeah. Yeah, I I know that that was a component of it, but I think his success was, was definitely a surprise to many. Otherwise, why wouldn't he have gone number one? I mean, yes, fair. Why wouldn't he have gone number one? Because it was a big man's game at that point. He's a paradigm shifter. Yeah. Is where we're at. Much in the way that LeBron kind of ushered in positionless basketball. Right. Michael Jordan is the guy who shifted from we love big centers to play through to guards are it. Yeah. I mean, like, to me, the reason there was no torch passing was because there was such a long gap between like LeBron arriving and Michael Jordan retiring and there was nobody who was really stepping into that mantle. But you don't think Kobe deserves some mention in that? 
I think that Kobe, by the time he even matured into being the best player in the league, it had been almost a full decade since Jordan left. Okay. You know? Okay. Let me and th- and also he had to escape the narrative of I'm Shaq's sidekick because that was a, something Jordan never had to do. Which is insane. It's insane yeah. because that guy didn't just have one guy helping him out. He had like three stars at any given time. You talking about Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, well, there was no debate about who the best player was, though. That's fair. That yeah. is true. That is true. Let's get off of basketball for a second. I want to stick with sports because I do think that there are a couple of sports that lend themselves well to this, and they're more yeah. singular sports. And I think one is tennis and one is golf. I was just about to say tennis because that is probably the most debated one of the sports. Because the question there is, has the torch ever been passed? Again, we're talking about it. And I think maybe. I think the debate is more which of those three has held on to the torch long enough to say that they had it. Like, yeah. they keep kind of, there's not been like a, a formal, I'm done with this until recently, I would say. Right. And they're just kind of like, it's to the point where they just can't play anymore. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, we might be seeing the first formal torch, pa- torch passing with. Uh, the Joker? Joker to Alcaraz. Possibly, yeah. Like, in terms of who's the best right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... I think at some point people have come around the, on the idea that Novak Djokovic is the best ever, better than the other two who mm-hmm. are in that conversation, Federer and Nadal. But, yeah, I mean, we just watched it at Wimbledon. Alcaraz, he won fair and yeah. square. So, so that... To me, that's one where it's a different reason for not passing the torch. I think Jordan's not passing the torch is... Okay, but that's what's interesting, and I'll go back to it for a second, is I feel like we think that he said, no, 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 no. I am it. I am the one. That's it. There's no one after me. But if you listen to Kobe's interviews, Jordan gave him his phone number, was like, whatever you need, walked him through different... Like life in the NBA, like he was a very good friend and mentor to a lot of those. I guys. think he absolutely like was a, a mentor to Kobe, and I, I think that if he if he could have controlled who took it next, he would have given it to Kobe over LeBron. I agree. For whatever reason, it doesn't seem like LeBron and Jordan have much of a relationship, and right, that's probably because since LeBron was 16 years old, people have been telling him. That he could be better than Michael Jordan, and he's made that his life's mission. And yet, at the same time, they also didn't have a ton of overlap. Kobe and him no. had a good amount. No, they that's that's very big. very true as well. But the last one I want to say, and this is possibly the most clear cut: Tiger Woods to Rory McIlroy. Um, yeah, I suppose so. That's like there was no question. You can have everybody rolling around in between those, but there have only been, in for my money, there have been two phenoms in golf over the last like 50 years yeah and those are the two of them you know what here's one that i wasn't going to bring up but it's too funny to not bring it up got to. this was i would say a botched torch passing dark knight rises with your boy joseph gordon levitt with the last minute reveal that he was robin the whole time and then they never followed up on Dude, that. Dude, but that's that's just it. <laughs> when Batman passes the torch to Robin, he always takes it back. It's not like a permanent situation. He's not the new Batman. They tried yeah. to make him that, and I'll tell you what, that is the most upset I've been towards the end of a movie. Like I almost missed the best scene in that movie 
where you see right. Michael Caine seeing, uh, learning right. that Christian Bale is still alive. Sorry, you've had plenty of time to see it if yeah. I spoiled it for you. I was just seeing red because of the fact that I thought we were going to have five freaking Robin movies. Yeah. Oh, so stupid. Yeah, I knew you'd hate that What one. a piece of shit. God, he's awful. Well, let's rein it back in, Vince. Um, we're done talking about torch passings. Let's talk about Green Torch. What score are you giving this? I'm beer? giving it a high score, Tom. I'm giving it a 4.25 out of 5, Vince's. Wow, you read my mind. I wanted to give it the same score, and I'm going to do it. 4.25 out of 5. This exceeded my expectations. I was curious about it. I wanted to give it a fair chance. I really dig it. I would love to have a lot more. I'm jealous that you've got more waiting for you at home. Yeah, yeah. for those of you who don't know. <laughs> you were like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to have 10 more of these. I, it only comes in like a 12-pack of 12-ouncers. And I was like, I don't need 12 of these. And then Tom was like, well, did you uh, did you bring the other like six or eight for me? Because I, I said I would take them. And I was like, no, I didn't. And now I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> Well, you enjoy those green torchies, and um, if you enjoyed this episode and want to check out some others, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. Folks, we're on threads now. Hello. Hey, hey. Give us a shout on threads, or I guess whatever they do And I guess there. we're technically still, well, we're not still on, but we're on the new X. X, yeah, whatever the fuck that's about now. But until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers, where we have clear eyes, full cans, must booze. See you later.